Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. I would gladly be watching the 32-inch black and white tube television. If in fact, I'm mind. surprised that you 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 don't, mate. Are you uh, telling well, me I, that I you live don't? in a house with people who have higher standards than I do? <laughs> Another thing psychologists have proposed is that regret, from an evolutionary psychology perspective, helps us learn. Right. So when we regret actions, that's a very powerful teacher. It tells us not to do that again. So can we use our customers' regret to help them feel like they've learned something and will do something better the next time? It would be really interesting, actually, to be able to search on the word regret, wouldn't it? So you can imagine having a load of text that's coming from on chatbots or whatever else. It'd be really interesting to search on the word regret. Ryan, I'm getting really frustrated about something, and I and I want to tell you about it. I want you to, to help me, talk me through this. Uh, Colin, for the last time, I'm not quitting the podcast. Um, I don't <laughs> care how frustrated you are. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking around. <laughs> Let me tell you my problem, shall I? Okay, let's hear it. So my problem is every time I turn my television on, I regret it, Okay. What do I regret? I regret buying my Sony TV. So back in the day, I used to buy, and this is sort of pre-Apple days, so I'm going back I'm that say, far. You were, you were a Sony super fan at one point, weren't you? I was. I, I loved everything about Sony. I bought everything Sony, just like I do with Apple now. Everything, I bought Sony. And I've basically gone off them. But about three years ago, I bought this TV, and I bought, you know, that I've, I've got two places, UK, US. So I bought the same television in both places so I didn't have to sort of worry about learning different systems and everything else. This bloody thing drives me around the bend. The menu system is not very intuitive. It's slow. Uh, the picture quality is quite good. But every time I turn the bloody thing on, something happens and I have to play about with the settings or do something, you know. And it made me think, I'm just going to get a new bloody telly. I'm just going to do it. But... The interesting bit from a customer experience perspective was I I realized that I regretted it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, yeah, that regret is now no longer, that regret is forcing me not to buy Sony anymore. So, and, and so now I've gone the other way. I'm telling people, don't buy Sony because, uh, you know, you'll regret it. What is happening there? Other than the fact I'm going off my bloody head, but. So Colin's a, a real Poor decision maker is, I think, the main takeaway that you want from this. <laughs> no, regret is a, is a really powerful force. It's one of these kind of um, emotional responses that people have that I don't believe we've talked about yet on the podcast. And yet, I think it influences a lot of human behavior. Um, it certainly is is related to a lot of customer experience. So, let's dig into some of the theory of regret. So regret, as it's been studied by psychologists, is most often a conflict between 
different versions of our self-image. So we have various different selves. So one is the actual self. So this is like what we observe of our own behavior and, and how, how we perform. Then there's an ought self. So this is our, our obligations. These are the things that we should do, that we could do. And then there's an ideal self. And these are our, like the, the way that we would, would really love to see ourselves being. I have to say, all of mine are combined into one. I'm just the ideal self. I'm that uh, yeah. So there's also the delusional <laughs> self, um, which I think is you. And so regret is often a conflict between the actual self and either the ought self, the, the obligation self, or the ideal self, who we wish we were. In your case, I would assume that part of the reason that, that you regret that decision is because of a conflict between the actual self and the ideal self. So, I, you know, you're a very tech savvy person. You love electronics. You love being on, on top of those things. And you made a decision which was, you know, not aligned with that. Somebody who's your, your ideal self image is somebody who's very up on, on choosing, uh, making good electronics choices. And so that conflict between what you actually did, which was buying a TV that wasn't as good as, as you wanted it to be, and then the, the ideal, that's what's causing the regret. And the fact that you have to keep revisiting that is especially yeah. painful. And I was thinking about that the other day because it is like rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah. And I'm not trying to go overboard with this one situation, but you, we, we can talk about other other situations in a customer experience perspective where the same thing happens. But because you're using it frequently, the TV frequently, it is like rubbing salt in the wound. It's maybe like buying an annual subscription of something that you then get disappointed with and you think to yourself, oh, I've got a bloody year of this left, you know, or nine months of this left. I mean, so I like, I love the idea of the, the Sony TV and we didn't plan this beforehand, but I also own a Sony TV and I agree with you that the menu is terrible. Like it's a smart TV and, and to be able to navigate between shows and, and find what you want to is awful. The Wi-Fi connection is not great. It's, it's constantly dropping things. But in terms of regret, so I'm like disappointed in that TV. It's not what I wanted it to be. But my ideal self, like I'm, I'm a Luddite. You and I get into this all the time. I would gladly be watching the 32-inch black and white tube television. If in fact, I'm much. surprised that you, you, you don't, mate. Are you uh, telling well, me I, that I you live don't? in a house with people who have higher standards than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but although I'm disappointed in the purchase, like I, I don't think that it, it lives up to expectations, I don't feel a, a large sense of regret every time that I, I watch it. I'm disappointed in uh, it, but I, it's not internalized in the same way yeah. for me because I think that my ideal self is different. To be clear, I have lots of regrets. There are lots of ways that, lots of things that make me feel bad because I'm not aligned with the person that I, I feel like I should be or the person that I ideally was. But those are going to be different across people. And I think this is an interesting example of that where both of us are disappointed in the product performance of this particular offering. Yeah. For you, it's more internalized. It's more of that sense of regret because of this conflict. Yeah, and I, and I think that's right because I do think to myself, I mean, I remember back in the day, and again, this is going to show my, this is going to show my age, but in England, they had this two competing satellite systems mm -hmm. uh, that were launched. It's a bit like I bought like the Betamax version so technically, it was better. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it lost out in the marketplace. But it lost out, yeah, absolutely lost out in the marketplace. So um, uh, it was called a square reel, and the company lasted about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you got in on the ground floor. Yeah, oh yeah, nightmare. So all and all my mates just absolutely take the take the rise out of me all the time now about it, and they still do, you know, because I'm still trying to get service from it. I still can't get bloody <laughs> service. Maybe that's why the television's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, this before I'm gone, they're coming. Yeah. Back. By the way, this this show is sponsored by Sony. Yes. In, yeah. We're going to be getting those checks rolling in. Um, <laughs> Uh, or maybe this is our way of blackmailing Sony. Like, you don't want us to talk about you next time? Like, you better cut a deal. <laughs> Let's broaden the conversation, yeah. okay? Um, because there's some other areas where, I, I, in preparing for this, I was thinking, yeah, I, I regret that, those decisions. So, again, Colin, I'm not leaving the show. Um, <laughs> uh, no, that's one decision I wouldn't regret. So, <laughs> I recently went to Disneyland Paris, mm-hmm. and I regret not buying Fast Pass. Yeah, uh, and again, that felt like it was bloody reinforced every time I went to a, a to a line, and then reinforced by everyone going bloody hell, how long is this line going to be? And I'm thinking, oh, I should have just bought bloody Fast Pass, you know. Yeah. And, and again, like, I think that some of that has to do with just, we all recognize that that time is precious and like, especially time at Disneyland. And so beforehand you're like trying to figure out like, is it worth the extra time to spend the extra money? Oh, probably not. And then when you're in that situation, you're forced with that conflict of like, ah, like I, I should have been smarter about that. I should have made that different trade. And I think that's it, you know, mate, actually. And maybe this is where you talked about sort of the ideal self and the actual self. It's You just used a really important word there for me, which is smarter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot of regret. Yeah. Because you go, so it's a bit like another example I, I, I was going to talk about was I recently got on a flight or tried to get on a flight and I missed it by five minutes. Okay. And I bloody kicked myself. And then I look back through the whole of the journey that I'd taken to get there. And I go, if I hadn't had that extra bloody cup of coffee, uh, you know, at breakfast, if I hadn't have done this, if I'd got into a different line at at the TSA, um, the um, security in in the States, it was all those things that led up to all I was, and I, and it goes back to that word smarter, doesn't it? Which is, I should have been smarter. I know about these things. Why did I let myself get into this bloody mess, basically? They've actually done research studies that are very similar to that experience that you just laid out, where they'll give people scenarios. I think one of them was even for missing a flight. But like, imagine that you've missed a flight by a few minutes. And it's interesting because regret is higher when you miss the flight by just a few minutes. If you miss the flight by a half an hour you're less prone to regret. It's like, well, the part of the reason is that it's harder to construct a counterfactual that would have gotten you there, right? So if you had not had that extra cup of coffee, that might've been enough to make up for the five minutes and you could have made it. But if you were half an hour late, um, well, then you would have had to make like a dozen changes that would have gotten you there on time. And that's like harder to reconstruct. And so you're like, ah, you know, that was just fate. It was like not bad luck. So that kind of the more personal responsibility we see in 
and what led to that path, the, the greater the regret. And sometimes like the smaller that we miss by, the greater yes. the regret. Yeah, it's interesting because there's potentially a four-box model in there, isn't it? Something about sort of, because it also goes with the, I don't know, maybe it's the sort of the vertical is regret or intensity of regret and the horizontal. I'm making all these shapes. Everybody on YouTube can see what I'm doing. But That's right. Uh, on the it looks like a account. kind of modern dance that Colin's doing now with his hands. Yeah. But if you can imagine a four-box model where you've got a vertical of being intensity of regret, to low intensity, and then maybe the bottom line is not important to importance. It's something that's important, and maybe you could even draw a, a cube or something. Oh because wow! The other thing moving into third dimension. <laughs> <laughs> because the other thing I was just thinking of is, I wonder if there's something to do with ownership of the problem. Yeah. So, in other words, in my in my example about the airline, I'm. it was my fault, i.e. missing the flight. I shouldn't have had that cup of coffee. I should have got into another queue, you know, and, and maybe that's from the ideal self and, again, the, the actual self. Whereas whilst it was my decision to buy the Sony television, you can put a little bit more blame on someone, can't you? Yeah. For sure, that that absolutely factors in, right? So if you were going to the airport and there was just, you know, some unexpected traffic accident or something that delayed everybody on the road by an hour, you might be upset about that, but you would probably feel less regret because it would not, you know, would have been impossible to foresee. And so therefore you don't have that same kind of responsibility over it. Yep. Ryan, most of communication is about body language. We learned that a long time ago. I assume that's why you gesticulate wildly anytime you say anything. I agree, but it's the gesticulation that I'm doing off camera that you want to be aware of, mate. It's true. Our podcast listeners are not able to experience any of that. Which is the reason why we created a YouTube channel. So now you can watch me gesticulating to Ryan. That's right. It's not just his words that are flailing wildly. It's also his hands. <laughs> so if you want to check out our YouTube channel, just go to the link in the show notes. Or go to YouTube and search for the Intuitive Customer Podcast. So the other thing it made me then think about was, what's the impact of regret in a customer experience setting? And I guess part of that becomes... At sort of not an extreme, but it can drive people sending a product back, can't it? So if I get home and I bought this product and it's not very good, and I guess maybe this is actually to a certain extent where the customer success teams come out. So I'm thinking about again in the you know we've we've done a podcast, haven't we, on the subscription economy, and therefore. If you're subscribing to something, if you're using it and then you regret it, you're going to cancel it. So I guess it's that first bit, which is sending stuff back that you would be able to see if people are regretting things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the classic buyer's remorse is a, a sign of regret. Right? It's, it's a showing that you, you regret having made that decision. Yeah. 
again, some of this is, again, attributable to these different selves that we have, This in this case, over time. So your example with Disney, for example, you are looking forward to what your experience will likely be in the park. When you're buying something, you're looking forward to the times when you will use it and whether you will enjoy it or not. And sometimes we're just, we're not very good at projecting what our preferences will be in the the future. There's also the case where the product doesn't live up to expectations. That's another kind of case. But to your point, I think that there might be disappointment if the product doesn't live up to expectations. But if it's your error in trying to predict your own future behavior or the future behavior of other people or the preferences of your own of your own self later, those are going to be more likely to lead to regret. And I do think there's an it's important to distinguish between the two because disappointment is a negative emotion. Regret is a negative emotion, but they're not the same. Regret tends to be much more powerful. Um, in some cases, much more powerful. Regret can just eat you alive, whereas disappointment tends to be a cooler emotion. It tends to be something that's a little bit more transient. These instances where we can help our customers avoid self-recrimination may actually be beneficial. I mean, there, there may be cases where it is beneficial to the, the customer for the company to kind of take some of the blame because that may you know, lead them away from regret, which can be a, a much stronger emotion. Yeah, it was making me think that, how do you overcome this? Well, some of that could be, for instance, if we, again, we use the Sony example, that what level of support are they using? So I'm thinking of your navigation example, okay? Poor navigation. Well, actually, if they were to, inverted commas, train you on how to use it, then that could over, overcome some of the issue, yeah? Or if there was a way that you could even customize it, that would potentially solve some of the problem. So I guess it's it's the classic example, isn't it, of understanding what the problem is, and you can understand that you've got a problem by the fact that either you're getting a series of complaints in, because I guess it would drive, that regret would drive complaints and by looking into that, and feedback in, on social media and stuff like that. It would be really interesting, actually, to be able to search on the word regret, wouldn't it? So you can imagine having a load of text that has come in from on chatbots or whatever else. It would be really interesting to search on the word regret. But I, I make a, I go down a slight tangent there. I go off at a slight tangent. But it then made me think that actually, so what could you do about it? You could provide some form of support. That doesn't mean to say live support, although that that could be an agent trying to help in some way, but videos or FAQs or something like that to, to help solve the issue. In terms of trying to help people overcome regret, there's an interesting phenomenon in terms of how people feel regret over actions versus inactions. So in the short term, Um, There's some research that has found that people tend to regret actions that they've taken, things that I did that were wrong, mistakes that I've made. Over the longer term, um, as people kind of look back on their lives, that kind of switches and people tend to regret more opportunities that they've missed in action. And so there have been psychologists that have proposed that one way of kind of getting over regret or kind of mitigating some of those negative feelings is to focus on action. So if you've taken something, done something that you regret, if you can focus on actions that you can take now to overcome some of those things, that that might help kind of mitigate that and, and, and reverse a little bit. So 
there may be things that Sony could do short of a full redesign that could push people towards action so that they're, you know, I regret making this purchase, but now I'm going to take some steps to actually do something about it and make it work for me. So as you said, like if there is an option to like customize things, well, now I'm feeling like I'm doing something. I'm working towards that process. Yeah. Anything you can do to help people better align with their ideal selves, right? So another thing psychologists have proposed is that regret from an evolutionary psychology perspective helps us learn, right? So when we regret actions, that's a very powerful teacher tells us not to do that again. So can we use our customers regret to help them feel like they've learned something and we'll do something better the next time to the extent that you and I blame Sony for not having a menu that that is very intuitive, that might just turn us away from the brand. But if Sony could, could turn that into a learning, like somehow like, oh, we've gotten feedback from customers like you, and this is what we're doing in the future to, to better serve. We're all kind of collectively in this learning process together. That might help. That might help reduce some of this regret. You see, that's interesting as well, isn't it? Because to a certain extent, what you're talking about there is framing. So it's how they're framing it. So if they're framing it as we're all learning from this, we would we would like your feedback and blah, 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 then you feel a, bit, a little bit better about it. The key becomes, are they doing anything with it? It's the classic stuff of, you know, don't ask customers for feedback and then do bugger all with it or tell customers what, you, what you're doing with it. So some of that could be around the, the, the framing of it, but it's certainly about collecting the feedback, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. Reframing regret is, is a, an entire category of kind of responses to regret, ways of coping with it. If we can, so like one of the reframing, for example, that's been looked at is, you know, we've got these conflicts between the actual self and the ought self and the actual self and the ideal self. Regret comes from both of those places, but it is way worse for the ideal self than the ought self. So in other words, if there's something I, I was obligated to do, but I didn't do, like, I regret that. If there's something that I should have done because this is the kind of person I want to be. And I didn't do that. That feels way worse, but it turns out we can reframe regrets sometimes around those things. So if I regret buying this TV because I see myself as like a a competent person when it comes to technology and I didn't buy, maybe I can reframe that as like, well, I was kind of obligated to buy a TV for my family. Sure. So in other words, blame the wife. (laughs) That's not what I said. Um, <laughs> when Lorraine's divorce lawyer is watching this later, that's not what I said. <laughs> leave this out. Leave me out of this. Right. The TV decision was down to you. <laughs> no, you were, you were though fulfilling this need that needed to be met. And you were kind of doing the best that you could with, with the information you had available to. So you're kind of reframing this away from, th- there's something called the fundamental attribution error. Which is the idea that... That's a buzzy little title again. Isn't it, though? That's it's a nice <laughs> term. And it has to do with how we assess blame, attribution for people's actions. And a lot of times what happens is that when, when I do something wrong, I'm very forgiving to myself. And I say that, oh, that this was because of the situation I was in. But when you do something wrong, I say, no, no, that's because you're a bad person. Like, I attribute that to your character. And that's the, the fundamental attribution here. What's interesting with regret is that a lot of times that kind of reverses, where if we make a bad decision 
and we feel regret about it, a lot of times it's because we're kind of attributing it to us as a person. Like it's evidence that I'm in fact not this person I want to be. And that's very painful. And I feel a lot of regret for that. So is there a way to reframe that so that it's more about the situation, about the environment, right? So that it's like, I made this decision based on the situation that I was in, right? You had that extra cup of coffee in the morning for a good reason. You wanted to spend a little extra time at home with your family. You really needed the extra caffeine to get you going. And so like given the environment I was in, this was a reasonable decision to make. Now it led to a consequence afterwards, but reframing it around that kind of ought or environmental or obligation self instead of around the ideal self can help reduce regret. The other way of looking at it for me is how can you turn regret into a sales tool? Yes. Okay. So for instance, if we took the example of the fast track, you could see some type of framing around you don't want to regret your decision of not being able to do as many rides or you don't want to you understand where I'm coming from. You don't want to regret those choices, do you? Yeah. So you Think could now use it about as a how precious tool. every minute will be while you're yes. at, Yeah. That this is a form of like prospective regret mitigation. So now we're like we're anticipating regret that we might feel and we're taking actions about it. There there was actually some economists who proposed that as the explanation for loss aversion. So the reason that we feel losses more acutely than we do gains, according to that view, is that we anticipate regret from making the wrong choice. And that makes us more sensitive to losses than it does to gains. The other thing that you and I bang on about is, again, it's just been highlighted by this conversation, is segmentation. Yes. So again, if your regret and my regret are slightly different with the Sony televisions, so therefore the way that it would be framed, because I'm more technically savvy, that you've got two different markets there and two different approaches and two different messages to highlight. Absolutely. Let's do our usual bit. Let's go back to some practical things so what are uh, what are a couple of practical things you know that the usual so what so what does this all mean to people i mean the first so what is to just consider this like think about it regret is not something that comes up a lot in marketing and cx conversations um, and yet it is an extremely powerful tool right it's an extremely powerful human emotion and it factors into a lot of what we do you can use it as a sales tool as you as you said by like getting people to think about what they might regret later. It can be kind of an anti-sales tool too. If you really push people into buying something that they will then later reevaluate in a different light, there's a good chance they will regret it and you'll suffer the consequence of that either from a canceled order or from just kind of negative response later. So think about regret and recognize what, what causes it. A lot of times regret is a very internalized evaluation where I'm comparing my performance, my decisions to some other standard that I have. And that, as you say, that'll be different for different people. So we need to kind of get into how our target segments view themselves um, and what is important to them. Yeah. Now, good points. I think the only thing I would add to it is that regret is actually a powerful, fairly intense emotion, isn't it? 
and particularly if your product or service or whatever it is that you're providing to the customer, if they're using it frequently and you're adding salt into the wound by them dealing with it constantly. And if you think about it, customer success teams were born on the fact that in this subscription economy, you want customers to carry on using your product or service. So therefore, you know, you have to invest in that training. Once you've identified that you've got a problem, and you can identify that through the feedback that you're getting or from returns or whatever it may be, you need to do something about it. Okay. For me, that's either changing the product or reframing things or redeveloping things in a in a different way. So we hope that's been of use. We hope that you haven't regretted your last half an hour of listening to us. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Thanks very much for listening to the show today. We really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, it would be really great if you could leave us a review. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.